Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Run Out Radio. I'm Jerry Forsythe, alongside my partner, Mike Howerton, and we're going to bring you a very special edition of ROR today, which is going to be a, uh, a tribute and a discussion about the life and good times of Grady Matthews with four of his good friends. We've got Keith McCready, Danny DiLiberto, Billy Incardona, and Jay Helford all standing by waiting to talk to you. And we're going to kick it right off with Keith McCready. Keith, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, no no problem. No problem. I'm going to lead you for this first question a little bit because your relationship with Grady Matthews, one of the things I think about is you guys had some legendary gambles in your time with dice games and, and coins, tossing coins to the wall and coin flips, all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah, Grady. Uh, actually, actually, I grew grew up around Grady uh, when I was a kid. And uh, he actually played straight pool at the Elks Lodge and uh, with all the, you know, top-notch players, you know, Irving Crane, Luther Lasseter, uh, uh, Joe Balsis, uh, you name it. I mean, it was uh, quite a field back then. And, and Grady's game back then was, you know, way better than it was sort of, you know, at the end of his life and everything. But, you know, Grady, there's one thing good about Grady. You know, Grady never never was afraid to shove it in there. You know, he always bet his own money, and that's what I really adored about Grady the most. He wasn't afraid to stack it. And uh, and playing one pocket back in the 70s, I mean, he was one heck of a player. I used to watch him play Cole Dixon. Uh, he was giving Cole like 10 to 8. He was playing one-eyed Tony, giving uh, uh, one-eyed Tony 10 to 8, 8 to 7, uh, 10 to 8, 9 to 8, all, you know, just... You know, Wade Crane was back there in that time. Uh, all the great players, Larry Lascotti and, and uh, Grady would match up with every one of them. I mean, it was uh, uh, just, I learned a lot of one pocket watching Grady. I mean, his nine ball was so-so, but he could, you know, he could still play, he still played decent nine ball, but his one pocket was, uh, you know, off the hook at that time. Yeah, that's you, you can't ever say that Grady didn't have a whole lot of gamble in him because he'd put oh. the whole sink out there. One of one of the and 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 one of the best guys to gamble with in the country. I mean, as far as uh, uh, you know, people uh wanted to always play Grady because he would bet his own, uh, and he'd get up there and play, and he'd play either till till uh, he got beat or he got their money. I mean, it's just you know there wasn't no breaking even. You know, somebody was going to win the money, and that's the way he was. Perfect gentleman to gamble with. Well, who came out ahead between you two in your dice games? Well, actually, actually, I loved going to the dice table with Grady. You know, uh. we got, you know, like I had uh, my lawyer Harry Plattis, uh that you know was loved dice too, and we right. would always go to the dice tables, and and Grady was like a spark plug at the dice table. You know, Grady would bet his money and bet high. And out of all the pool players that I know, I think Grady was one of the best uh, uh, dice men probably there was that I've seen far as all the pool players go, except for maybe a couple of them, you know, that dealt the game and this and that, you know. But as far as betting their money, besides, uh, uh, you know, somebody like Archie Carres or uh, uh, Archie the Greek or you know what I mean. <laughs> but, yeah. but, I mean, he was, you know, I watched him make some nice big scores. I watched him win. I watched, I watched him make like 28000 one time, 16000 another. But, I mean, but he's made sixty and $70,000 scores. And, he was uh, a, a great dice man. I mean, I, and, and, and he just brought energy to the table like I do myself. 
That's why I like a lot of people like to shoot dice with me as well, because, you know, the energy factor, you know, and he brought a uh-huh. lot of energy, brought a lot of energy to the table. Well, you know, he brought a lot of energy to the game itself. Uh, he was not only a player, but he promoted nearly two dozen events on his own. Yes, uh, I, I I went to a couple uh, of, of his events. He had one out there in Burlington, Iowa, uh, a long time ago. He was. I didn't really get a chance to go to too many of his events because I sort of like uh, uh, when he was running some events, uh, I was sort of falling out of the pool scene a little bit. You know, I was just going here or there, you know, when I possibly could, you know, when I could afford it and stuff. Back then, you had to beat all them Filipinos, and uh, <laughs> I mean, it was you know a tough road to go, and and, and your nut was so high if you didn't uh, if you didn't come like first, second, third, or fourth, you couldn't make no money, you know. Yeah, that's that's pretty much still true today. Yeah, I know it's 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 tough. I mean, pool. I mean, it seems like you know with with the online now and and the betting online and playing poker online, you know, a pool players got it a little bit easier. You know, if they can do all them things, you know, it's sort of more or less. That's sort of what you know I've been doing. You know, uh, you know, sort. You know, I can I can sit at home and. Uh, make as much money as I would at a pool tournament, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the things that surprised me that's a little bit, was quite a bit different between uh, you and Grady. Well, you started playing the game quite a bit younger than Grady did, as I remember. He didn't start playing until he was 16 or 17 years old and didn't get serious about it for a couple more well, that's years. Well, that's about by when I time, started. Well, I that's... thought by the time you were 15, you were beating people at payball. I was yeah actually I started I started at I actually started probably at about nine or ten you know yeah and then but I was playing caroms and this and that at like nine and then I went my dad took me to the pool hall and then I just started uh, uh, I used to play my brothers for our allowance and this and that and things progressed and then I started going in the pool rooms and uh, got better and when I was like fifteen you know I was I was a little bit under underneath uh, all the champions. I was I played like about the eight ball or underneath all of them. I just, you know, was just a little bit underneath them. But we used to play a game called uh, Payball over there, right. uh, Bellflower. And Grady was in that game, and he played really good at that, too. He was one of the guys uh, that would hang in there. And those games went on for two and three days at sometimes, you know, like you could... You could actually put start in the game uh, Thursday, start off the game Thursday night or something, and you could play from Thursday to Friday, and then you could go to sleep and the game would still be going on and come back Saturday. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, uh, Billy Cardone even played in the game a couple few times. He checked up a little short. You know, he was there though when all that was happening. Yeah, we'll be uh, talking to Billy here in just a few minutes. Did you ever have a chance to? Uh... Play great any one pocket or straight pool, or did you ever tackle those? I played him. I played him. Uh, we played. We didn't play, uh, but a, a couple of times. Uh, we played over there in uh, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, one time. I, my, me and my lawyer flew out there, and uh, I was giving him eight to seven playing one pocket. We played uh, eight ahead for ten thousand, and I think the set lasted about fifty minutes or an hour. You know, and I beat him. I beat him real bad. I don't think he made. I don't think he got past three balls in any game. Woo! Yeah, it was. And, and you know, and people around the joint were thinking that there was something going on, and this and it was horrible. But I mean, I just beat him. 
one of those things. Then we had another game, you know, where me and uh, the lawyer was playing against him and Rosenbaum. That was the big money, and we ended up winning like 360000 in that game. Whoa. Yeah, that was, that was hectic. That was a that was a that was a good time in pool. That's that's when all them people from you know Rosenbaum was one of those uh, high rollers from Detroit, and uh, he used to have a bar over there in Medford, Oregon. And uh, you know once you know, that's where he started at in Medford, and then he you know went to Detroit, and you know where he had he had all that businesses over there and this and that, and everybody was trying to you know everybody would try to play him. You know, it'd be like an honor to just try to be able to play him, you know, and right, right. You know, to get to to get to have the chance to play him, and uh, and we got lucky one time. I was playing. Uh, how it all started is I was playing Miserac, and we went up. I spotted uh, Rosenbaum way down in the bleachers, just sitting there with his sunglasses on. And I told Harry, I said, Harry, I told, I said, that's Rosenbaum. I said, this might be a perfect opportunity for us to uh, maybe get down with him, right. And, uh, so I sent Harry over there, and uh, so we bet like uh, seven thousand each set on my match with Miserac, and I beat Miserac. Uh, it, it was races to seven. I beat him seven to one and seven to two, and that's what started it. And then we uh, ended up uh, going down to the pool room. We snuck to a pool room where nobody could find us. Billy Cardone yeah. was running around trying to find us, and he could. They couldn't find us. Find us because I didn't. You know, I didn't. You know, I wanted to find a place where. Nobody could find us, right. and uh, uh, it, it turned out uh, uh, Billy Cardone finally found us. But the game was over; it just ended. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. But they they went what? they they were going all over town trying to find the place and everything, and they couldn't find <laughs> it. And when the smoke cleared, it was three hundred sixty thousand. Do you have any favorite memory of Grady you'd like to share with with the people today? Uh you know, I just. I, the most favorable times that I had with, with Grady was uh, was probably at the dice table. Yeah. Uh, as far as the pool, I loved to watch Grady play. Grady, I I used to sit there at the billiard palace and watch Grady play one pocket all the yeah. time. And he was just so, you know, he just played the game so well. You know, at that time, you know, he, him and Ronnie were like, uh, Ronnie and him were real close. And back then, you know, Ronnie could really play one pocket, you know. Grady would end up was giving Ronnie a ball, I think, back then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, me and Grady just never really had a chance to uh, play each other. I mean, I have a cute story about when we were with uh, when when I was sitting there with a couple girls. I don't want to get too deep into that, but that was funnier <laughs> than heck, man. It was, uh, and me and Grady, I ended up tagging these two girls, and it was just I never saw, I never knew that side of Grady. You know, I'm going to yeah. sort of leave it in sort of that perspective, you know. He, uh, you know, Grady was just, you know, one of, he was like, you know, he was, he will always be a legend. He was like an ambassador to the game. I mean, you could go up to Grady and uh, ask him about just anything and he would, you know, answer it from his heart. That's one of the things that I really liked about Grady, too. He'd come right from the heart, you know, and that's the way he played pool played with all his heart and give every ounce of his body into it. Yeah, he was a dedicated and fierce competitor. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the stories go, I, you know, just, to, uh, just you know, just moves playing one pocket. I mean, 
when he was in his prime, I mean, he'd have he'd had to been there to, to really note note what you know what I'm really talking about. You know. Yeah, and yeah. I learned so I learned a lot from Grady watching him play one pocket. Ronnie and Grady were actually the two people that I learned the most playing one pocket. And plus, Grady mm-hmm. could bank too. Yeah, yeah, like, he sure could. A lot of people didn't know that, but he could bank too. Yeah, I'm playing one pocket, and uh, you know, you know, just learning the ball speeds and this and that. He had great ball speeds, you know, playing one pocket. Well, that's pretty much like a requirement a, for that game, isn't it? He, yeah, Pussy moved like a ghost, you know. So. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, he get out hey, of Keith, hey, buddy, we really do appreciate your time today. We've got to get on to some other people. But uh, okay. thanks for talking well, to us. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you you know, soon. I wish I could give you a little bit more. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, I'm sure Billy and Cardone will uh, have some other stories for you. But, I mean, just, I mean, I just believe that, uh, you know, let's just, Remember all the good about Grady because he was a real good man, and it's a shame that the way he went down and everything. And yeah. I will always uh, remember him and uh, pray for his family. And uh, and um, you know anything I could possibly do to do anything else, I'd be more than happy to do it. Well, we appreciate you, buddy. We'll talk to okay. you right on down this road. All right, Jerry. You guys have a nice day. Okay. You too. Bye bye. All right. Well, again, that was awful nice of Keith McCready to spend a little time with us. We've got another old friend of Grady's on the line, Jay Helfer. Jay, thanks again for being with us, bud. You're very welcome, Jerry. It's uh, it's a pleasure for me to honor my old friend Grady Matthews. Yeah, you know, Grady was such a character, and, and, and well, I mean, what a, a, a powerful personality Grady was. Uh, I was wondering if you could give us a little history, if this is in your repertoire, yeah, Grady started out as a nine-ball player, as a rotation player. Do you have any idea what it was that caused him to switch over to one pocket and become such a, a, a fan of that game? Grady was a gambler. He was going to play any ah. game on a table where there was money involved. I saw him play one pocket well over 40 years ago. Yeah, when he was when he was first starting out playing one pocket, he started out, out right out playing guys like Boston Shorty and Ronnie Allen. Of course, they were giving him weight, but uh, he went right to the top instantly. Well, I can see how he would really like the game of one pocket because he's, he was intelligent enough to remember all the moves and learn them all well. Jerry, Jerry, Grady was a gambler first throughout his career. From beginning to end, he was a money player. Yes, he did play in tournaments, and yes, he did have success. But Grady was known throughout the pool world as a money player, and a and a, and a serious money player. He wasn't a he wasn't a shortstop that played five dollar pool. He was betting his life savings over and over again. Yeah, and you know I saw him win those matches, and I saw him lose those matches. And I swear I couldn't tell much difference in his demeanor from when he won to when he lost. It's it's interesting you say that because Grady won and lost fortunes. I mean, literally, he lost everything he had, and he wouldn't even blink his eye, and he'd come back the next day, and you'd never know it. That was yeah. Grady. Yeah, he'd go raise another stake and be, come right back at you. Yeah. Uh, any legendary matches that you remember with Grady that you watched him play? Well, yeah, he he, he played uh, Jack Cooney in his pool room in Colorado Springs. 
And he had, and they were playing one pocket, and Jack Cooney was like the greatest hustler of his era. And Grady right. had him stuck where I think Jack Cooney was down to his last game. They were playing like $1,000 a game. And this is in the 19, oh, probably about 1980 or late 1970s. I don't remember. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe it was 78 that I was back there. But they were playing a $1,000 game, which is like playing for 10000 a game now. And Grady had him down to his last game. Jack Cooney came back and won the pool room. <laughs> Grady had well, to buy can, his pool room back. He had to get money to I, buy his pool room back. I, I can. I, I mean, some of the things I know I've heard about Grady and know about Grady are so funny, but they're so true for Grady. Like when he was managing the pool room in South Carolina for Bob Osborne. Uh, yeah, Osborne comes. Osborne comes in one morning and looks in the safe, and the six hundred dollars that was in the safe when he left last night isn't there anymore. So he turns yeah. to Grady and he says, "Grady, do you know what happened to the six hundred dollars?" And Grady said, "Yeah, I lost it gambling." And Bob said, "You gambled with my money?" And Grady just deadpanned him, looked straight at him, and said, "Well, of course I did. You do." <laughs> well, nobody's money was safe around Grady, not even mine. I mean, if you yeah. happened to be watching a match and he knew you and he was short on money, he wouldn't hesitate to come over. And he didn't ask you. He'd say, Jay, give me a hundred. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? He always you, didn't have, back. you didn't have a choice. Yeah. But he always paid people back. Pretty honorable. Oh, no, yeah. No, he 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 never owed me money. I mean, I he's the kind of guy that would borrow money from you, go broke, and later that day he would come back and pay you. Not weeks yeah. later, months later. He would get he he did have a way of coming up with money. You know, a couple of things I want to say about Grady that I I wrote a few notes. He was such a such a study in contrast. If you looked at him, he he had the most conservative appearance of any pool player I ever knew. He always wore long sleeve shirts, pants. I never yeah. saw him in a pair of shorts in his life. He rarely wore a T-shirt, always long sleeve, button-down shirts. He looked like he would be an accountant or a librarian, which turned out was a good hustle for him sometimes. I mean, the last thing he looked at was like was a pool player, and yet... He was one of the most flamboyant and colorful pool players of his era. Grady was was loud and vocal, and uh, he was no shrinking violet, that's for sure. Oh, no, and, and if he did get mad at you, you better watch out, because I remember him chasing a teenager around a table at Derby City back in, what, 2002, 2003, because he felt the kid had deceived him in a game. And he was oh, yeah. going to Grady, Grady was ready to fight. The truth is, Grady was not a fighter. Speaking of his old partner, Bob Osborne, one time he got in a beef with Bob Osborne and got in Bob Osborne's face, and Bob knocked him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gave him one punch and decked him. But that, it wouldn't stop Grady from, from uh, you know, attacking you. He'd still go after you. I, I remember one time he went after Danny DiLiberto, and Danny just kept putting his hands up in his face, and he was laughing. Here's Grady coming after Danny, and Danny's laughing. And I said, and later, and finally Grady calmed down. Danny said, just calm down, just calm down. Cool with Grady, cool with Grady. He'd say, he said, I don't want to hurt you, Grady. I don't want to hurt you, Grady. And then when it finally was over, I said, Danny, why didn't you do something? He said, I would have killed the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Danny had a, has a punch like a mule. Well, Danny was a professional boxer. 
One thing you about know, Grady that always amazed me, I, I met him when he was in his late 30s, and to me, he never changed. He always looked like he was 75 years old from the time he was 39 on. Well, I met him when he was probably in his 20s, and I thought he was 40 years old then. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I remember asking somebody, I said, who's that guy? This was in the 1960s. That's, yeah, that's 45 years ago, the first time I saw him play. And I said, who's that guy? I said, oh, that's some kid from San Francisco. I said, kid? He's 40 years old. They said, no, he's 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keith said that Keith said that Grady got into some of those famous payball games out there. Oh, Grady wasn't afraid to play in any game or play anybody. One thing about Grady is... He chased after good players and gambled with them, and I think that's what made him into a good player. By the time he was in his 30s, he was a top player. I mean, Grady, uh, he was a threat to beat anybody. He won some big tournaments. He would, I would say in the 70s and 80s, he was acknowledged, and into the 90s, he was acknowledged as one of the top five one-pocket players on the planet. He's one of the only guys that could play Efren at his peak and play him even. And have a chance. So Grady, and Grady was a top nine ball player. He won nine ball tournaments. I remember officiating the, the world, the Brunswick World Championship in the eighties, and great. And this was a strong field. Grady played in the finals. So uh, I think he played Earl in the finals and lost. Or he either played Earl or Buddy. I just don't remember. But he lost that final match. But that's how yeah. good Grady was. He was legitimately a top player. It was kind of sad in his last few years, in his last four or five years of his life, because he had lost so much of his ability, and it was hard for him to accept that. And I think it was very frustrating for him. He was in denial about the fact that he was no longer a top player. Well, he didn't want to lose that, that gamble part of his life. You know, that was, that was yeah. so much a huge part of Grady, and put that stick on the wall and never make another bet on a ball falling. That would have to be tough. Well, he couldn't do it. I mean, that was his life. Even up until the end of last year, he was gambling. I mean, it got to the point where he was getting spots and and getting weights from weight from young players. But uh, I mean, it was it was part of his his DNA. He had to gamble. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of well, you know, I call Grady the professor, and a lot of people don't know. I mean, if you listen to him talk, not on camera, but you know, in, pri in private conversations around the pool room or tournaments, he would sound like the most intelligent guy in the world. And the next sentence, he would be cussing like a sailor. That was Grady's yeah. conversation. But yeah. he was a highly intelligent man. I never saw another person around the pool world, pool player backer or anyone else, who could do the New York Times crossword puzzle in an hour. I mean, I often saw Grady, particularly on plane flights and things like that, he'd sit there with crossword puzzles, and he'd just pound them out. I'm talking about difficult crossword puzzles. Yeah, that was a passion of his for years and years. You'd see him in the stands at uh, at, at pool rooms, and he'd find every newspaper he could find in the area and do the crosswords on them. Well, he'd make a bet that he could do the New York Times crossword puzzle correctly in one hour. They're smart. There's a lot of real smart people <coughs> that couldn't do it in a week. Yeah, yeah. For sure, that was one of his passions. You know, you, you share another passion with Grady, is, is that uh, you're, you're both promoters. Grady promoted close to two dozen events. Yeah. 
Oh, Grady was a good, he was a relentless pool promoter. I got to give him that. Grady was constantly looking to put on events. His, his passion was one pocket. He put on some of the, well, he put on that, the first really huge one pocket tournament that we ever had was the one in Reno 20 years ago. That was in 1992. And there were over a hundred players that paid a thousand dollar entry fee. Yeah. And Grady put that together. That was at the Flamingo Hilton. Mm. Well, I went to see him. He was the one that proved, he proved that you could get a lot of players to play in a one-pocket tournament. Prior to that, most big one-pocket tournaments rarely had more than a 32-man field. And Grady got, I think they had something like 118 players in that tournament. I know I played in it. And I remember that uh, Cornbread Red played Eddie Kelly in the finals. That must have been one heck of a final. It was a great match. Too bad that one wasn't recorded. It was, Uh, it was, uh, yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite Grady story? <laughs> well, I got one I can't tell, but uh, <laughs> everybody it was, has those. It's, I got one that's X-rated. Grady could be a little bit outrageous. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. If he ever said, even jokingly, that he would do something, like let's say, for instance. I'll go outside and take a piss right out on the on the street corner, you know, for a hundred dollars. You know, bet me I won't do it. If he ever said something like that, he would do it. Yeah, don't bet him. And I yeah. saw him do something that was kind of outrageous, and but I don't think I want to share that one right now. Um, no, probably not. You know, I played Grady. He won the Reds tournament, the Reds one pocket tournament in 1984. Yeah. And I played Grady in that tournament. And uh, this is kind of one of my favorite recollections of Grady. We were in the round. We That 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 field had, had, I think it was 48 or 60, maybe 48 players. But we were down to the final 16, and I know it was a money match. The match might have been worth... Two hundred and fifty or four hundred dollars, something like that. It was a race. To, it was a race to three. I had Grady two to one. Don't ask me how, but I had Grady two to one. It was an upset in the making. There was a situation, and then we played another game where there was a lot of safeties back and forth, and Grady made a mistake, and I had a shot, and it was a medium length cut shot in my corner pocket. If I made it, I had a good chance to run four or five balls. Well. I must have got down and got back up on that ball at least five times. And, and I looked over at Grady a couple times, and he was sitting in his chair. He was just smiling. He had that shit-eating grin on his face. It was like yeah. he knew I was going to miss, right. and I missed. And Grady ran out. After I missed, I left him a shot. He ran out, and then he broke the next day game, and he beat me eight to nothing last game. And and after it was all over, I said, "What were you smiling about?" He said, "Jay, I felt sorry for you." <laughs> I said, "What?" <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I knew you were going to dog it." <laughs> and I said, "How'd you know?" He said, "You couldn't hold your cue." And he's right. I fumbled with my cue a couple times, and and, and, I'll, and I'll never forget that. He didn't. He said, "I felt sorry for you, Jay. That's why I was smiling." <laughs> but uh, anyway, so so Grady had some compassion. Listen, I'll say this for Grady: he loved his fellow pool players. Even some of them, there were even pool players that did him wrong once or twice. And still, if he had money in his pocket, he would loan you something. I mean, he just wouldn't turn down a pool player. If he had money, he'd share it. 
he just didn't hesitate. I can remember seeing him at, at tournaments like Derby City, and he'd have four or $5,000 in his pocket. Don't ask me where it come from because he did pump up money. And some guy would walk up to him, and Grady, Grady would stop me and say, wait, just save the story. Here's a hundred. That's the kind of things Grady would do. He said, don't even yeah. tell me the story. Here's a hundred. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'll, I want to say this. A character like Grady will never truly die. He lives. He left an indelible impression on everybody that knew him. Maybe he won't go down in history books as the greatest pool player, and maybe he will not be that well-remembered generations from now. But everybody of this generation that was involved in pool knew Grady. They, yeah. All you had to do was say Grady, and you knew who they were talking about. He just, he just left his mark on everybody, good, bad, and indifferent. There's a lot of pool players that have come and gone that were as good or better than Grady that were kind of forgetful. But not Grady. Yeah, he he really was quite a character. It was always fun to be around because you never knew what he was going to come up with next. Oh, he was outspoken. He was one guy that didn't hold anything back. I mean, he told it like it was in spades. If there was something interesting that happened in your relationship with Grady, believe me, it was up for grabs in a public forum. He didn't hesitate to tell on you. So, well, Jay, I really do appreciate your time. We both do. Uh, we've got to get on to our other guest at the moment, but thanks so much for your time. And um, well, you're very welcome, we, Jerry. And and uh, you know, I, I appreciate what you and Mike do. I mean, uh, if it wasn't for people like you, we wouldn't have these memories of of, of players like Grady. I mean, now years from now. Somebody can hear these things, these comments by people that knew Grady, and they'll get a better idea of who he was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rick, you have a good day, and we will see you at the next event, buddy. Okay, I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Well, another of Grady's friends, and certainly someone who knew him very well, is Danny DiLiberto, our BCA Hall of Fame member and legend of the game. And, Danny, first we want to thank you for being with us. And how are you doing since you just got hit by a truck? How are you feeling? I'm hurting. <laughs> oh, I bet you And I'll are. be all right. I'll be all right. Well, you did it all with uh, Grady. You, you, you competed with him. You did commentary with him. Uh, do you have a favorite Grady story? Well, I do. It's not, uh, it's not real uh, pretty. Back at one of the uh, senior tours, in Mississippi, you know, the Steve Miserec tour. Yeah. Grady thought he was going to be doing the commentary. And he went up to Steve Miserec and he said, Steve, thanks for picking me. And Miserec yeah. said, I didn't, I didn't pick you yet. I didn't pick anybody. So now, a few hours later, Miz comes up to me and he said, Danny, we're picking you. And Billy and Cardoon to do the yeah. commentary. He said, but yeah. one stipulation is you got to tell Grady he's not doing it. <laughs> oh, God. So, you know, they gave me the dirty work. So right. now I go and find Grady. He's playing craps in the casino. Yeah. I said, Grady, you got a minute? He said, yeah. I said, Grady, we've been friends many years. and..." I hate to be the one to tell you this, but 
you're not doing the commentary. Billy and I are doing it. Yeah. And he threw all his chips and money up in the air. And everything went flying everywhere. And then he said, Danny, uh, why are you near me? He said, don't you know I got the plague? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he threw everything up in the air. And, of course, he was very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my stories with Grady. Another another story is at Derby City, Grady, from one of the times we played, he owed me 200 So we're, we're at the entrance to the tournament room at Derby City. And Grady comes up to me, and he said, I owe you some money, Dan. And he pulls out a roll, a lot of hundreds, and he yeah. peels off two and gives them to me. And I said, Grady, what'd you do? You made a score. He said, yeah. He said, I won 35000 playing craps in Reno at the last tournament. Wow. He said, and he said, I paid everybody I owed, and I still got 25000 bankroll. So while we're talking, a guy comes up to Grady and says, Grady, they just drew for the bank pool. He says, you want to bet on yourself? First match? And Grady said, yeah, but I'm not betting cheap. So one guy says, I'll bet you 600 Another guy came up and said, I'll bet you 600 Third guy came up and said, I'll bet you 600 And Grady said, you all got that? I said, Grady, who are you playing? He said, I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and it was the best bank pool player in Kentucky, that Frank. And oh, before George the Frank. night, yeah, before the night was over, Grady was broke. He blew wow. it off. He said, well, Danny, he said, I paid everybody, so the bite is on. I'm still alive. <laughs> so... So well, yeah, that's, that's now, what everybody says about him. He he, he bet he bet all everything. I don't had. know if you remember. Yeah, he blew it all. He blew it all. Alex beat him for about twenty thousand. Someone else beat him, and he still felt all right because he knew he could get money back. So anyway, he finally beat someone, and they owed him. I don't know if you remember the story very well. So he beat the guy for ten thousand. Yeah. The guy went to his room, called back to the tournament room, said, Grady, you beat me for 10000 He said, uh, will you settle for seven? Grady said, well, I needed the money. So I said, sure, I'll settle for seven. The guy says, good, I owe you seven. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get any of it. Never did get it. Yeah. yeah. We played right. many times. I played him in California. I played him in Johnson City. Tough guy to beat. But I'm talking about the days when I was playing real well. I didn't even know Grady went to Johnston City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was there. He was everywhere. See, in those days, wherever the action was, the players all got there. They didn't need to see it on TV or, or being called or anything. It spread like wildfire. One of the times... It was uh, in California at our times. Uh-huh. And, and 
you didn't need to advertise. When they were gambling in the city, everybody got the word and everybody got their lady included. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Palace Billiards. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. That was Bellflower, in California. Oh, yeah, Bellflower. That was, okay, yeah. That was open 24 hours when the action was on. Yeah. And Grady was one of them. Well, Grady, like a lot of the other players, they couldn't sleep when they had money in their pocket. Yeah. You know, they didn't feel comfortable until they were broke. Right. That was Bellflower. A lot of action. Well, it seemed like wherever there was action, Grady was involved. Yeah, and he didn't just play one pocket. You know, people rate him like just one pocket player. He played pretty decent straight pool, too. And in fact, Derby City, after he went broke again, he came up and he said, Richie Richardson is dealing cards. He's in there four days straight. He said, when he gets done, he'll play me straight pool. He'll be all sleepy and tired and all screwed up. After four days, Richie Richardson came out of the poker game. And Grady said, you want to play some straight pool? And Richie said, okay. And they played like 200 points for 2,000. First shot, Richie ran 138. <laughs> oh, my God. And Grady was broke again. And in fact, I'm trying to think of the story where my brain ain't working real good yet. You know, my accident, you know, my brain was bleeding. There's many, many yeah. stories. Um, yeah, Grady, Grady was one of the people who couldn't go to sleep until he was broke. He didn't, you know, he wasn't comfortable. And in fact, it, at um, Steve Miserec's senior tour in West Palm Beach at Steve's pool room, he came up to me one day and he said, Danny, you got a minute? I said, sure, for you, Grady, anytime. We went outside and he said, you got to give me a couple boxing moves. I said, Grady, you're 60 years old. What are you, you going to do with boxing moves? He said, I hate Alan Hopkins. He said, I'm going to challenge him to a fight. And, of course, I gave him a couple moves. And two weeks later, he attacked Richie Richardson. Richie oh, no. was afraid of Grady. He was afraid of Grady. You know, Grady... Skinny as he was, he was ornery. No, yeah, he'd and fight I... in a minute with anybody. Yeah. So I wanted to wait until I was around Richie Richardson to hear the, the story from Richie. I said, Richie, tell me the story about when Grady hit you. He said, oh, that old man. He said, I'm scared of him. He did hit Richie Richardson. And he hit Jose Parisha, too. Oh, no. About, yeah, Kansas City. Grady won the one-packet tournament, 10000 When the tournament was over, he made a game with Perica, and Perica broke him. And then he said, you cheated. He said, you cheated. Five games ago, you cheated. You owed the ball, and you didn't pay it. Oh, and he, no. hit, he hit Perica. Well, you know, he was flammable. Oh, yeah. He was, he was uh, very feisty. And he had quite a love for the ladies. Uh, he was married at least four times, I believe, maybe five. 
I like Grady. I like Grady. Yeah. He was always ready to gamble. Well, he, he also did a lot of promotion. You know, he put on a lot oh, of yeah. tournaments. Yeah, he did all that. Yeah, he did that. He had the tournament. In fact, the year I won the, the World One Packet Tournament, that was Grady's tournament in Tampa. It wasn't a great turnout. Him and Leonard Bloodworth were partners with the tournament. Right. And the money came up short, but he paid everybody. Yeah. He paid. He, he was a proud guy. Very proud. Yeah. I miss him. Well, I, I, I miss think him. I think there'd be another character like Grady. No, probably not. And the Pooh world will be a little bit emptier without him because he had such a, a, a force of personality. Uh, anything else you would like to share with us before we let you go? Because we've got uh, got to get on down the road here. Well, the thing about these stories, they're negative. One year, the U.S. Open, he thought he was doing the commentary, and he was disappointed because in the end, he wasn't. He ran yeah. in the room with all the big rigs, and he challenged them all to come outside and fight them. <laughs> My buddy Grady. That sounds like Grady, all right. Uh, well, look, we need you to lay back and relax and rest and get to feeling better and get out of that hospital. We'll talk to you shortly. Anytime, Jerry. Sorry, I'll talk buddy. to you later. Bye. I'll see you soon. Get, get better. Bye-bye. Well, we sure hope that uh, Danny gets to feeling better there in the hospital. It was nice for him to spend some time in his hospital bed talking to us. But we've got our last guest of the day, another man who knew Brady. Very, very well, Mr. Billy Incardona. And, Billy, you spent a lot of hours in the commentary box with Grady Matthews. Uh, not to say the least, uh, Jerry. Uh, actually, uh, when we actually that first started doing commentary, it was Grady and myself. And we did it for, well, I don't know, I would think at least 10 years. And yeah. uh, it just literally hundreds and hundreds, maybe even a thousand matches together. I don't know. But... Uh, he was great, you know, he was great to do commentary with, you know, I mean, he was very, very, very knowledgeable, very funny, you know, I mean, he's come up with some pretty funny lines throughout the years, you have to admit, you know, uh, and um, kind of a, a guy that uh, he always, he always liked to pick out amazing shot, you know, the, the, the shot that really got, got a hold of the backer's attention, you know, <laughs> it was yeah, kind of fun, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's 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 what that's the way he was. But uh, but beside that, you know, he was very he was very knowledgeable. Uh, actually, I learned quite a bit to, about playing one pocket doing commentary with Grady. Not so much about playing nine ball, but playing one pocket, I really did. And him and I were were rivals from the very first. I, I first uh, I first met Grady. I was uh, like in 19 years old in in California, California. I think it was Charlie Milliken's place. And Jersey Red was there, and um, Cannonball. You, know, you remember who Cannonball is, an excellent, excellent bank pool player. And Grady Matthews was there. And he was a young kid. He's, like, he's only a year older than I am. Grady yeah. would, have, would have been six, 69. It, it was 69 when he died. And he, he was 369 in January. I'm 68. I'll turn 69 in December. Yeah. Like, I was 19. He was, like, 20 years old. And I went to this pool room, and I saw uh, Jersey Red, and I saw uh, Cannonball. And I knew Red from Pittsburgh years ago. I was just a kid, like 16, 17, Red came through. And uh, and he didn't hustle me but, but uh, because I knew him. And uh, I was in awe of him. And I just, you know, started asking him some questions and that. And I kind of liked him. And he, he kind of liked me. So when I went there, he didn't, he didn't hustle me. 
But he kind of like steered me into Grady. He said, hey, there's a guy over there. He likes to play some pool. And I looked at Grady, and I said, well, I know I can beat this guy, you know. I mean, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, because if you look at Grady, you think you can win. But, you know, he's really a surprise. I mean, well, anyways, we played bank pool when he beat me. He beat me playing bank pool. We didn't play any nine ball. He didn't want to play any nine balls. We played bank pool, and he beat me playing bank pool. But uh, that was the first time I ever... Uh, I met Grady, and that was our first encounter. But since then, you know, we played literally maybe fifty times. You know, probably. Well, you know, when he's in the comment when he's in the commentary box, he's very good about picking the correct shot. Did he do that when he was at the table? Did he usually pick the correct shot to shoot? Oh yeah, well he he played excellent one pocket, uh, no question. You know, but 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 he would he would play perfect, and all of a sudden he would shoot up in the air. You know, he would like short circuit. You know, I mean. And I couldn't believe some of the things he would do, considering how well he played the rest of the game, you know? And then he would be running out, and he would, he would you know, precipitously shoot a shot real quickly and miss it right in the hole. I mean, that's how he, he mainly how he lost. Not because he was outmoved, not because he picked the, right, the wrong shot. He would miss, the, the, he would miss easy shots. When the, he would get careless because he did everything fast. He played pool fast, he ate fast, he talked fast. He did everything fast, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think that was his undoing when, when he played pool. You know, when he lost, he, he normally lost because of carelessness. Really a great player. You know, he played all games extremely well. Even nine ball, he played extremely well. As a matter of fact, he won, I think, one or two major nine ball tournaments. Yes, he uh, did. In the, in the mid-80s, he won some uh, nine ball tournaments. Um, but, you know, really, the game that he always preached about and he always loved was, was one pocket. Oh yeah, and actually, he, that, did, he did so much for that game. Yeah, and there's, there's no question. He, he probably promoted one pocket, and he was if if you could contribute the popularity of one pocket to any one person, it would be Grady Matthews. He uh, he started the Legends of One Pocket. He promoted one pocket tournaments. He, you know, I mean that was that was his his passion, one pocket, and uh, and he played it so well. And he he played he he promoted one pocket tournaments in Philadelphia, South Carolina, everywhere. I mean, uh, he just uh, he just loved one pocket, and he, and he but he played it so well. He taught me a lot playing one pocket. He inspired me playing one pocket there for a while, but of course that was off after I come off of a long layoff layoff pool. Yeah, he, yeah. He was giving me nine to seven, and uh, we broke even. But uh, he played brilliantly at that time. He was probably playing the best one pocket in the country. During that time, when he played me nine to seven, he played Ronnie Allen. I believe he, he gave Ronnie Allen a ball eight to seven to beat him. He won a couple of major one pocket tournaments. Do you was, remember uh, seeing him in Johnson City? Oh, oh yeah. Well, in Johnson City, uh, and in '72, that's when I was playing probably with some of the best nine ball in the country. And we would have ring games in, in, at that time in Johnson City. It would be me and Jimmy Reed and Ronnie Allen would get into the game. And uh, Cole Dixon would could jump into the game. Wade Crane would play in the game. And then Grady. Grady would jump into the game. But Grady played a notch under the, the, the players that I mentioned. You know? yeah. But that didn't stop him from jumping into the game. He would jump into the game, and he, and he would always lose. Oh, he never won playing in the ring game. But he, when he got broke, he would come back like an hour and a half, two hours later. We'd still be playing. He'd jump in again. He would hustle up some money and jump in again. He was very... He was very persistent, you know, and he had a lot of confidence in himself, and which he's, he's always had a lot of confidence in himself, playing all games. And uh, But he, he didn't, we didn't play much one pocket back then. 
it yeah. was mostly nine ball. It was mostly nine ball. And he really didn't play excellent one pocket back in the Johnson City days. He was just another player. But uh, he, he evolved into one of the best. You know, he, he really did. He was evolved into one of the best one pocket players in the country. Yeah, well, he said that he got to be good at one pocket by watching the best players and then playing the best players. And he said, you put yourself under fire against a better player, and it's going to help your game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he wasn't uh, shy about playing. I mean, he, and he, didn't wanna, he never wanted to take a spot either. I remember he played Ephraim Reigns even, and, and, and player, people used to say to him, well, you know, you can get a ball off of him. He said, no, I don't want anything. He said, I don't need anything playing him. And he never beat Ephraim. And he kept playing him, and he kept playing him. You know, and and I bet you he did learn quite a bit playing Ephraim Reyes and playing Ronnie Allen. You know, uh, Ronnie Allen, I think, was uh, was was the guy that he probably learned the most from, playing one yeah. pocket. And I know that uh, he'll tell you that himself, probably. Uh, did he ever mention that to you when you talked with him? Obviously, you must have talked with him about it. Oh, yeah, sure. But, you know, it always surprised me because, it, to me, I mean, you know more about this than I am, and you can comment on this, but to me, if he learned so much from Ronnie... He sure didn't copy his style of play. You know, he may have learned the moves and that sort of thing, but he, to me, he played the game in, in a thinking way, in a, in a calm, passion, in a dispassionate way, whereas Ronnie Allen going to get up there and run eight and out on you. He was, gonna, he was very, very, very aggressive. Yeah, well, you know, Grady never ran balls as good as Ronnie or Danny or any of those, those players that ran balls well. You know, Grady, uh, Grady came with a lot of spectacular shots, moved, moved balls well, played really lockdown safeties. I mean, uh, uh, like I mentioned, you know, the, the reasons he lost was because he got careless or he missed something or he shot a star shot he shouldn't have shot. Like once a game, he would shoot a shot that he shouldn't shoot. You know, because he, uh, he loved the kick and he loved the kiss shots, you know, sort of like Corey Duell. You know, Corey Duell yeah. plays uh, similar to Grady, you know, but Grady plays a lot smarter than Corey. <laughs> but, yeah. but he was short circuit. He was short circuit about once a game, you know. But, yeah, I, uh, I do remember him showing people some 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 shots. I mean, like little ticky shots, you know, and uh, uh, strange kiss shots. I mean, he he really did have quite a uh, uh, quite an arsenal of shots in his head. Right, and, and and those dynamic shots that got you out of traps and put players yeah. in traps. He knew a lot of those shots and. Uh, I picked up quite a few shots from him playing him, those types of shots, you know. And and they're very helpful. They're really helpful in situations where there's nothing else, you know. And then you come with this creative move. Like I said, he was a little, a little too careless at times, but great player. Great commentator, too, except for the times when he walked over me. <laughs> <laughs> Which he would do. <laughs> oh, well, you know. He he was always thinking and thinking and thinking, and when I would be, you know, when I would be commenting on a certain situation about a certain shot, it was like he wasn't even listening because he would he would be thinking about what what he would do, you know, right. and then he would say something right. that was totally unrelated to what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, really used to piss me off. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> and we had our battles. We had yeah. our battles in the commentary booth. And you heard mo you heard a lot of those. And we had our many battles on the table, too, you know. Like I mentioned before, I think I mentioned it on OnePocket.org or, or maybe Easy Billiards. A lot of people thought that me and Grady were, were not friendly. We, we, I mean, we're not friends. We were, all, we, are good, we were good friends. We just were such rivals, both on and off the table, yeah. you know, that, that we got into all these debates and arguments all the time. That leads people to the perception of, you know, they don't like one another. 
But, you know, we actually love one another. Because you can, you know when a person really likes you when you're having a conversation with him. He looks like you in the eyes. And, he, and, and, and just one-on-one, he respects what you say, and I respected what he said. You know, I mean, uh, we really did like one another. We just were just rivals. There weren't many yeah. people who didn't get into arguments with Grady. I mean, Grady <laughs> was inflammatory. You know, he, he, he would just flame on. And uh, the argument would start. Oh, he was very sensitive, particularly about his game. You know, uh, and, and even even when I disagree with him in, in, in shot selection, he would take it personal. When I made my top ten list for the best one pocket players that I've seen play, I put him like tenth or something like that, and he got really upset with me. Oh boy! You know? Oh yeah, he really got upset with me, called me an asshole. And everything. <laughs> well, out of curiosity, <laughs> who would you who'd you have as number one? <laughs> uh, I had Evan Reyes as the number one. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, not to me, it's it's this clear cut in my mind that Evan Reyes was was the best one pocket player that I've ever seen play. You know, yeah. Uh, and I had like a player like Ronnie Allen too, along with and Scott Frost has to be ranked way up there too. By the way, Scott Frost is right up there, and I put him ahead of uh, Bugs, and I put him ahead of uh, Jersey Red and Eddie Kelly. Uh, I, I put Scott Frost right there, right with like, right with Ronnie and and a little below Efren. I think Efren could have given anybody a ball playing one pocket. I, I, I didn't hear the name Jack Cooney on your list anywhere. Well, Jack Cooney was a real smart player. He never had the foul power or the ball running ability as the other guys that I mentioned. You know, with with Reyes, Frost, uh, Ronnie, uh, Kelly, uh, them guys all ran balls much better than Jack. And, and shot much better than Jack, but Jack just wouldn't give you anything. He just you you everything you got from Jack you earned. Uh, I think yeah. that Jack at his best was at least a ball ten to eight under Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he knew how to set up a game in his favor. Oh yeah, there's no question. Jack was the best hustler ever in in my lifetime that I've ever been around for sure. Grady, on the other hand, was one of the worst. <laughs> well, you know, Grady. I, 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 I don't. Want to, I don't want to talk bad about him, but he did seem to enjoy losing. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he, 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 uh, he, he, he was. He was like he was clean once he once he got rid of all that money. He'd be clean again, and he and and he was fine. You know, he was fine with losing. Yeah, he didn't mind. He had a, he had so much gamble. You know, he had a lot of gamble. Yeah, he would like he would get stakes and then play. But yet, when he got money, he would bet his own. As a matter of fact, yeah. he would prefer to bet his own uh, as opposed to getting staked. Oh, every you know? time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, and you really got to commend him. You know, and, and take your take your hat off to the, to to that because you know he uh, he has a lot of heart. You know, and and uh, he plays great under pressure, and uh, he he's, he just loved playing and, and gambling. He was a gambler. He was a gambler, probably. He probably played better for the money than he did did, did in tournaments. Oh, you know? sure, yeah, yeah. He was a Absolutely. he was a hell of a money player. You know, he, he enjoyed playing for money. Yeah, he uh, did love the back room. Hey, Billy, we appreciate your time. We're going to have to run, but um, thanks for sharing some stories with us and some memories. And uh, we hope to see you soon. And uh, best of luck to you and everything you do. Well, thanks a lot, Jerry, and. Uh, like like I mentioned, he was a kind of a loner, you know. He really didn't share much time with the guys. And there are really not many stories we we have for Grady, but other than uh, he was a hell of a player and a crazy son of a gun. 
Yeah, he was. All right. Billy, okay, again, Jerry. thank you, buddy. See you soon. All right, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Well, we've just spent some time with four people who knew Grady very, very well. And, um, you know, all in all, Grady was just such a, a character. Uh, he was one of the most unique individuals anyone could ever want to know. And the world of pool is not going to be the same without him. Hope you remember Grady as well as we do and keep him in your memories. That's it for this week. I'm Jerry Forsyth with Mike Howerton. This is Run Out Radio, brought to you by Lucasi Custom Cues and the TAP League System. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you again real soon.